Talking Illinois High School Football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome into View from the West podcast. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong, once again joined by Mitch Stormer. Mitch, we took last week off. We're in the we're in the offseason now, but we're looking back at the season that was. Next week is going to be our awards show. But for this week, we're going to do something a little bit different. We got a couple guests with us here. This is our View from the West fantasy football draft. So, Mitch, are you ready to draft up a team of players based on this past year? Yeah, this this will go a lot better than normal fantasy football, where you try and predict what they're going to do. Um, I have a feeling <laughs> that the team that I the, the team that I pick now will have a better chance of winning than the team that I I did uh, for the pros this year, for sure. Yeah, but the question is, will your team be the best of the four that we draft here? That's the real question. Yeah, there's there's some good competition here tonight. All right, so Mitch, it's me and you drafting a team. We also got Corey Cuffler from WQAD TV in Moline. And we also got Kyle Campmeyer from NUICfootball.com. First, Corey, thank you so much for joining us. You got the view from the far west in Moline, you know, and then we got Kyle, who's a little bit more up towards the Rockford area. But Cuff, you've been following along. You've been on our Instant React several times. So thanks for stopping by and picking a team with us. I'm just glad I got to be part of the big show for once. <laughs> I'm just happy about that. You're in, man. You're on the big show. <laughs> no, it should be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Something uh, different, something unique. I've never thought about drafting fantasy uh, high school kids as fantasy players, but this should be fun. Well, I'm very curious to see where we end up. Now, you, as I said, have the view from kind of the Western Big Six and the Quad Cities end of things. We'll go a little bit farther the other direction towards the Rockford area. Kyle Kampmeyer, NUICfootball.com. You got us covered in the small school, the best small school conference in the state of Illinois. No question about it. Kyle, are you ready? Have you done your homework on other conferences, though? I've done about as much homework as I can with the spreadsheets that you uh, put <laughs> out earlier. Uh, I won't lie. I was going through it last night just to get prepared for some of this stuff and get caught up on uh, some of these players I have not seen over the course of the season. So um, I'm interested to see how this all turns out. Kyle, you could literally draft players all from the NUIC, and I think you'd have a really good team regardless of what everybody else picks. So, Well, let's be honest. There might be a couple NUIC picks on there. <laughs> oh, I think so. Now, we should have included here, eight-man players can be included in this. I should have clarified earlier on. So if there's an eight-man player you want, Kyle, I know there's some guys that put up big numbers in the eight-man division when we're talking Orangeville, Milledgeville, Polo especially. But uh, if you got somebody in mind, go ahead and you can throw them out there. I won't, I won't limit you. So, oh, look at, he's going to the, he's going to his notes here. <laughs> so, all right. Now, about 10 minutes ago, before I walked downstairs, I had my son put four names in a hat and draw out the names. And wouldn't you know it, he pulled my name first. No, oh, I'm not yeah. kidding. He Wait actually did. Wait a minute. <laughs> Why didn't we do this while we were on yeah. Zoom so we could all see it? That's true. We probably should have done it that way, but uh, you know, I got four kids in chaos going on here. So I just had Casey do it and get down here. So, uh, so I pulled first pick Kyle Campmeyer. You're going second. All right. Cuff, you're going third and Mitch, you're going fourth, but you got the snake draft. So you'll have two every time. And they, he's that's already the, pumping that's his the best place to be. Yeah. Best so place he, to be. He likes it. He likes it. So, all right, without any further ado, we're picking the best players from the Western Big Six, 
the Lincoln Trail Conference, the Three Rivers Athletic Conference, and the Northwest Upstate Illini. Each team, each one of us will take a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, a defense, a team defense, and one more flex position. So one more quarterback, running back, or wide receiver. So I'm going to jump right in. I'm taking my first pick, my first overall pick. He's a state champion. He's the most dynamic athlete I saw all year long. I'm going Mari Roby at running back. Kyle's already, Kyle's already shaking his head. I think he had him pegged as his first pick. I got to go Mari Roby. He just, despite being slow to get out of the gates with injury, you know, dealing with recovery, I think, man, by the end of the year, he was just the best player I saw on the field. So I'm going Mari Roby. I, did, I didn't see him play all year, but everything I heard about him, he was my first pick if I was taking first in this draft. Yeah, you definitely stole my first pick there. <laughs> so uh, with that, my first pick, you got to have a quarterback. I'm going to go with the two-time DeHaven Award winner, three-time first-team all-conference pick, two-time first-team all-state, Hunter Hoffman of Dupec. Yeah, that was where I looked next. If I was going to go quarterback first, that, that's a great pick. Yep, you cannot go wrong there. Mitch, you've already had Hunter Hoffman taken off the board on you. You disappointed? That's That Dupac, those are your boys. Oh, there's Listen, in this, in this draft, there's value in the quarterback position. So I, I'm okay with, with quarterbacks coming off the board. Um, and, and Hoffman's a great pick. So, no, I, uh, I'm not concerned just yet. All right. Cuff, you got the number three pick. I think I know where you're going here. You think, but I bet you don't. All um, right. Uh, so if I do this, like I do my fantasy drafts for the pros, I like running backs. So I'm going to running back first. Uh, and since you took Mari Roby, uh, I'm going to go with Keontis Patterson from Kiwani as my first pick. Good. Outside of Roby, he was another kid that just electric is the way I describe him. Such right. a dynamic running back just could make plays out of nothing. They look like they were dead and they, and they came out of nowhere. That's, that's a good pick. All right. So cuff, you got the second running back off the board here, Mitch, you're up. Where are you going? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because the two picks that I, I kind of had um, that I was hoping to get in the first round are both available. I didn't know where my pick was going to be, but they're both available. So um like I was just saying a second ago, that there's value here in some positions. Um, I think there's less in the receivers. So I'm going to go here with my first pick, and I think it's an absolutely deserving pick uh, for first round. Uh, All-state, all-conference, player of the year in a lot of different publications. That's Matthew Bailey from Moline. Um, just a dynamic play, you know, playmaker for, for the Maroons for, for so long. And uh, you saw his impact in the playoff game, and, and you saw, unfortunately, what happened uh, when he got out. So just a game changer, but a phenomenal athlete, heck of a career. Uh, so I'm going to take Matthew Bailey here with my, uh, with my first pick. So, I like – I like – go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, he's injured. Is he going your injured reserve or what? Because <laughs> he can't play right now. Or is don't, I, yeah, I don't know if he's, if he's still hurt. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> if he is, that I'll, still, uh, I'll still take it. No problem. The beauty, the beauty of fantasy football is it's all hypothetical, and we're saying that everybody is perfectly ready to go next weekend. So, uh, you know. Yeah. All right, Mitch, I love, I love the strategy, though, of taking the wide receiver when, you know, that may be the, the top best of the best available. I yeah. can't fault you there. That's good strategy. You got your pick. You got your second uh, pick in the snake draft here. Where are you going? Yeah, my, my second pick, too, is kind of a twofold because I can I can go running back, but 
if I go quarterback, I can take someone who is going to get me rushing yards and passing, passing yards too. Sure. Uh, not to mention uh, a whole lot of touchdowns. So I'm going here, I'm going in the track. I'm going Tegan Davis here as my quarterback. Um, almost 3000 all purpose yards this year, 37 touchdowns, just an unbelievable uh, career. Obviously this was his first year quarterback and he put up those numbers. So um, an electric player on a, on a very, very good team. Uh, so I'm taking Tegan Davis to lead my squad here. Mitch, I'm not going to lie. I know you, you were excited about the snake draft and getting that fourth pick. Your team looks really good right now. Yeah. The paper plate that I'm writing on looks really good too. So, <laughs> all right. So we're bouncing back. We're bouncing back to Corey Cuffler. Where are you going now, Cuff? Um, I am also going to go quarterback. And had Mitch not taken Tegan, I was going to go with Tegan. But since he did, um, I did, I don't even think I saw him play this year, this guy I'm going to take. But it seemed like whenever Erie Prophetstown needed a play, Colby Franks was the guy that made it, whether it was on the ground or with his arm, he was the guy to make it. Um, as you got on your cheat sheet here, he had over 2,500 yards, 33 touchdowns and all stater. So I'm going Colby Franks uh, to play quarterback for my team. Man. I love that pick. I, he was so much fun to watch, man. Like, just like you said, when they needed a play, he was the guy making the play. He was, he was great. He, that's, that's a good pick. All right, Kyle. Back to you, man. I, I'm I'm hating this first pick now because I'm I'm missing out on so many guys. <laughs> well, I have to agree with Mitch. Wide receiver is probably going to be the hardest position to pick, and uh, with that, my second pick is going to Rockridge's Nate Henry at the wide receiver position. Yep, he was. I mean, he was a key piece to their offense because. For as dynamic as Deem was on the ground and Peyton Locke was on the ground, to have that extra that extra step or that that next guy to kind of make things to spread you out to really truly spread out the to the truly spread out the defense, yeah, he was a playmaker and I I believe an all stater at the end of the year, so truly deserving of that. That you know that was a big part of Rockridge's team that a team that almost pulled off the upset in the first round. Of yeah. the uh, of the playoffs over a nine and zero Tri Valley team, man, that that would have been a me and Mitch thought it was possible. Would have been a heck of a win for them. All right, it's back to me, and now I really got to do my homework and see where I'm going here. But when looking down the way, you know, when you're talking about that playmaker, I'm sticking at Rock Ridge. I'm going Braden Deem. I, I, along the lines of Kobe Franks, I had kind of had them one, a one B and, you know, Rockridge's record wasn't as good as they wanted it to be. Certainly maybe not as good as we expected it to be, but you look at, they had a two point loss to Erie Prophetstown, a game I was at. And, you know, that was such a shootout game. And it was like, I remember the, the thing I remember is I needed, I needed one more highlight and Rockridge was trailing in the game and they had a fourth and one from the 50 yard line. And Braden Dean breaks free for 50 yards for a touchdown. Like, yeah, so much for like the sneak up the middle. No, he'll just do all 50 yards himself. So again, like Franks, when they needed to play, Braden Dean was a playmaker. I'm going Braden Dean for Rockridge. He's my, he's my quarterback. I think it's pretty impressive that we've taken three quarterbacks and they're all from the track. That says something about how good the track was this year. Yeah, very good point. Yep, excellent point. Um, I should I should say, well, well, we have it. Um, Braden Deem had over 2,000 total yards, 25 touchdowns in the regular season. I don't know what he did 
in that game against Tri Valley. I think he had a couple, so add a few more in there. But yeah, he uh, had at least he had at least four, I think. Yeah, so darn near thirty touchdowns on the year, over two thousand yards total. Yep, that's that's a guy I'm going with at the quarterback position. All right, for my second pick in this back to back. I'm moving into my I'm moving into my flex position and I'm going Cormac Flynn from United. Yeah, good pick. He was an all-stater. He was the Lincoln Trail player of the year, offensive player of the year. Man, I saw him in the game against um A-Town in week nine. And it was when United was on a roll, man. They were winning a lot of great football games. And that one, they ended up knocking off a previously undefeated A-Town. And he was the workhorse. He was the go-to guy. And Aiden Parkins, another guy from the United team, did a lot for them. But I just think that on the ground, when they needed yardage, man, he was gobbling it up. He was doing a great job. I'm, I'm going Cormac Flynn. So, Kyle, back to you, my friend. All right. Well, I need a running back. I'm missing one of those right now. And uh, being from the NUIC, we like our power backs to be big and physical. I'm going with Sterling Newman's Marcus Williams. Yep. Good pick. I think he's a guy that if he'd have been healthy, his stats would look much better, but Hey, this is fantasy football in a perfect world where, you know, we're just, we're drafting on what we've seen. And in the sample size we had this year, a perfect fit for that Newman team. You know, that that's what you expect Newman to do. And he fit the role very well. He only had two seasons. He only played in the spring. And then this fall, he didn't play his freshman, sophomore year. So just imagine if he'd have played all four years. Yeah, that's right. I remember how, you know, how good he was in the spring, but you're right. Going back before that. Yeah. He had just, he had just picked it up. So um, yeah. Great athlete for Newman cuff. It's you. So so it's back to me. um, And I'm going to go with the flex position here as well. Um. And I'm going to pick another running back. Uh, and Greg, this is somebody I know you you were pretty high on all year. And I remember when you did our uh, uh, year year in review of, of football on the uh, on the score, uh, you really touted this running back from Sterling, Antonio Tablante. Uh, yep. He was the guy that, without him, as you said, without him this year, they may not have been as good as they were. Not that the rest of the team wasn't good as well, but he he was again that playmaker, the guy they leaned on when they needed tough yards um, and, and scored quite a few touchdowns, over 1,000 yards and 14 touchdowns for him. So he's going to be my uh, flex player, uh, Antonio Tablante. When you look at truly a most valuable player, I think that's the guy you look to in our area because the value comes in the fact that so many guys were banged up for Sterling and he was always there. He was yeah. the guy. And unfortunately, he also got hurt himself at the end of the year um, in the game, in their playoff game against St. Patrick. Hopefully he can bounce back. He's only a junior. So, you know, hopefully still a bright future ahead of him next year. But yeah, you're right. That, that's a great pick and such a, a, a needed guy for Sterling when everybody else was kind of falling by the wayside and they were just so banged up. Man, he was, he was reliable for him. Yeah. You know, for being all school football, he was definitely a guy I was doing a lot of homework on. So, yep. <laughs> yep. He led the, led the Western big six in rushing. So, you know, no small feat there. Mitch back to you. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still looking at an embarrassment of riches here, which is a a compliment to uh, our area here. Um, I need a running back. Uh, I'm going to go with, with someone who I don't think, and Kyle can speak to this after this pick who I don't think got 
maybe as much attention preseason because of the offense that Dupec is known for and the quarterback that, that Hunter Hoffman is. I'm going Trenton Taylor here as my running back. Uh, over 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns. He earned three AL State honors. Um, and again, I think he, he earned that recognition and, and certainly got it at the end of the year, but kind of maybe coming into the season, a player that the opposition wasn't really looking at um, as, as, a, as a running back when they have such a good passing attack. And, and Kyle, you, you've seen them more than, more than anybody. Is this a good pick for me here? Oh, I definitely think so. I mean, as far as running backs go, he was my number two on the board. So, um, you know, Trent Taylor is explosive, obviously a great two-way player all the way around, very athletic. You know, he's been a three-year starter for the Rivermen. Um, obviously, this year they were able to get the line play that they needed to get him uh, more focused, which took a lot of pressure off of Hoffman, and it allowed us to see lesser stats out of Hoffman from the QB position from what we're used to seeing um, out of his productivity. So um, he was a key contributor for the whole purpose of why the Rivermen won the NUIC this year. So I mm-hmm. think it's for you. All right, this this one I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Like I said, there, there's a lot of talent left, so I feel comfortable that on the last pick of the draft, I'll, I'll be able to have a flex player. So I'm gonna go defense here. I'm gonna take the first defense off the board, and I'm really this is a toss up between two teams that I was just so impressed with um, throughout the year. I don't think I can go wrong when I do this, but at the end of the day, the state champs are gonna be my defense. Lena Winslow. Um, you know, I, I'm hurting Kyle's feelings. Uh, you know, they were just so good and they just flew around the ball. And you saw that against Carrollton where the Carrollton offense uh, obviously had a very dynamic offense with dual threat quarterback and, and all state wide receivers. And they really, you know, for the most part, held them in check and then playing the way that they did all season. Uh, I'll bet with the loss to, to Dupac and then to, uh, uh, to Forrest and, they just played so well. So I'm taking Lena Winslow as my defense here, and I feel pretty good about that pick. Yeah, that was, I would say, one of the top defenses on the board. That was a, a team I looked at for sure when it came to defense. All right, Cuff, headed back your way. Where are we going here? Um, well, since I've been outed as a Moline guy, <laughs> if I don't pick a Moline player or something from Moline, I might get in a little trouble with the people in Moline. So defensively, I'm going to go with the Maroons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they had 17 quarters this year where they didn't allow a point. I think it was five straight games uh, without, I mean, it was four straight games without uh, allowing a point in, in, in a game. Just pretty impressive what that defense was able to do. I mean, nine points per game in the regular season. Obviously, the teams they played in the, in the postseason was able to score a few more points. Their offenses were a little bit more dynamic, but. Overall, this was a really solid defense this year that got overlooked a little bit because of how good their offense was. So I'm going to take Moline as my defense this time. I think the streak got up to 18. I think it was. I think it was the. Four, I think it was the fourth quarter of the, of one game, three straight games, and the first quarter of the next game. Um, I think it got up to 18. It might even got up to 19. But yeah, that's that was impressive. That was that was a lot of a lot of fun to see. So Cuff, you made friends and family happy. You got a you got a Moline yeah. pick in there. I did. I won't, I won't get kicked out of the city now. So, <laughs> All right. Kyle, you got flex and a defense left. Where's the pick here? Well, Mitch beat me to the punch. I was go defense. <laughs> Lena Wenzel was my number one defense. Um, hard to beat a team that's got seven all conference members on it. Uh, but I'm going to go with Kiwani as my defense pick. Um, obviously they did a very good job in the track this year. 
surprisingly, they came up with a huge performance against Princeton, which allowed them to win that title in their conference. And then they made a good showing in the 4A playoffs as well. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with them throughout the year, the, the way they performed in all three aspects, offense, defense, and special teams. But in that game against Princeton, man, that second half, when they kind of like figured some things out and really settled in, they did not allow Princeton to hardly do anything. And we saw how good Princeton was. That, that was the kind of their calling card, I think, throughout the year was that, that win over Princeton. Good pick there. All right, my last two picks now, then I'm, I'm going to kick back here and listen to you guys fight it out. I got a defense and a wide receiver left. So I think I'm going to start with my wide receiver. And when I look through the list, I, I'm standing Kiwani and I see Jordan Johnson, wide receiver for Kiwani, 924 yards and 13 touchdowns. When you're a wide receiver in high school and you almost go for 1,000 yards, that is a big accomplishment. That offense with Will Bruno finding Jordan Johnson, it was a great combo to counter alongside of Keontas Patterson. That's what made them so good throughout the year, along with the defense, which we just discussed. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Jordan Johnson. And actually, when I look back now, I almost regret that I didn't put Will Bruno in as my quarterback because, <laughs> you know, Braden Deem's great too. But, man, it's hard to leave Will Bruno off of this list somewhere. But uh, I'm going Jordan Johnson as my wide receiver. When I start looking down the way, I need to fill in a defense. And so with Moline off the board and with Kiwani and Lena Winslow off the board, I think I'm going to go Dupec. I'm going to go with the Rivermen. They held five opponents in single digits. But the one that really stood out to me was they shut out Forreston. And that was a Forreston team that looked really good and was really, was really impressive with their ground attack. Dupec came away with a shutout in that game. That's what kind of set them over the edge. They were led by A.J. Mulcahy with 87 total tackles. Thank you, Kyle, for having the excellent stats all laid out on Twitter. And that rounds me out. That finishes my team. All right. So I guess that leaves me with the flex. <clears throat> and I'm going where nobody else has gone, and that's to the eight-man. I'm going to take Orangeville's Gunnar Lobdell, who led our entire area in tackles with 123, had 2,389 yards rushing, 42 touchdowns, first team all everything, uh, helped Orangeville become the state runner-up in their first season of eight-man football. So Gunnar Lobdell. I love it that when you bring up an eight-man guy, the first stat you call out is total tackles. And I'm not even being sarcastic or funny. I think that's great. I think that that's an overlooked aspect of eight man. And especially in that state title game, what was the final score? 12, seven. Oh, seven. So, I mean, that's you look at it. I mean, that was of all things that eight man game was a defensive battle. So Lobdell's a good pick. I'm glad we got an eight man guy uh, in, in our picks here. All right. So I have a wide receiver left. Um, gosh, looking over them, there's, there's, there's still quite a few of them that are on the board that are pretty good right now. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, Jacob Jones from Fulton. Over 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns for him. They had a really, really good year, a, a nice run into the playoffs. Uh, you actually got two Fulton wide receivers on this list here, which is kind of impressive because combined they, they had 20 touchdowns between the two, between Brock, Brock Mason and Jacob Jones. Uh, but I'm going Jones just because he's got more yardage. Obviously, a guy that can uh, – 
get those yards after catch, uh, which is kind of a big thing. So I'm going to go Jacob Jones as my wide receiver. Yeah, Kyle, you can you can fill us in, but Jones kind of did a little bit of everything for him, right? He ran the ball. I think in that in that total yardage, there was some rushing yards in there too, I believe. Yeah, he, he kind of did it all. Um, he was more like a, a flex, a true flex, where he would go into a running back position. He would split out into the slot. Um, he was a big contributor in their loss against Leah Winslow um, in the quarterfinals. So you could just see the uh, importance that he had to the offense. Obviously, Cuff was mentioning the other wide receiver, Brock Mason. He was huge. Definitely a guy I had on my board as well. Um, I don't think he could have went wrong either way, but uh, Jacob Jones did a lot. And then, of course, you know, he had a he had a tough season here at the end of the season with the loss of his father, too, and continued to play big despite that setting close to him as well. So I was really impressed with obviously, I mean, it it weighed on everyone. You know, that was such a, you know, such a tough moment that against Marquette, they go on the road. But man, the, the whole team. But you really saw, I mean. Jacob Jones was playing inspired football. I mean, there was, I believe in the first quarter, he got wrapped up on the sideline around the 15 yard line and fought through tackles for, I mean, I'm not kidding. It felt like about a full minute where he just kept kind of gaining yards, gaining yards. They didn't call any, you know, refs didn't blow the whistle. He finally broke free and sprinted the rest of the way. I mean, it was just, just that kind of was, you know, the whole look of the feel of the game was right there in that moment. You saw how bad they wanted it, how hard they played. So, you know, certainly our thoughts are with him and with his family that it's unbelievable, you know, tough situation to deal with in the middle of when you're so excited about high school football. But yeah, he was a great athlete for that Fulton team and really showed up in that game and throughout the season. So Mitch, you are, we're down to your flex position. One spot left to fill. You got anybody on the board to take. Yeah, that it, that's that's tough going really uh because there there's so many uh noteworthy performances and, and and players that had great seasons and certainly if we had more people in this uh in this chat and in this conversation you'd see a lot of names a lot more names taken so no offense to any players that we didn't name uh just the nature of, of having four guys draft but uh for my last pick um I'm going to go with a guy who put up a ton of touchdowns uh and it's going to be a compliment to my my running back depth chart here I'm going to go uh, in Fulton with Keegan Van Campen. Um, what a year Fulton had uh, being in the, the first year uh, or their first year in the NUIC and, and a phenomenal season getting into the playoffs. Um, and Van Campen was a big part of that over a thousand yards. He had 19 touchdowns earned all state. So um, I, I, I'd like all that they did uh, Fulton that is, uh, but Van Campen was a really big part of that. And uh, he gets his pick for me here. So with with you picking Van Camp in there as a as a running back or as an offensive player, can you imagine if you put Van Campen in with Lena Winslow's defense, which you took earlier? Man, as if Lena Winslow needed more help on defense. That guy had like over a hundred tackles. Van Campen did so that that would have really added to, uh, yeah. to the weapons on their team. Yeah, I don't know how our point system works in this fantasy league, but I hope that I could get some some sort of some sort of credit for that. So. <laughs> All right, well, Mitch, we'll go in reverse order. Give me your give me your team. Run down your team for us. Yeah, uh, quarterback, uh, Princeton's Tegan Davis. At running back, I had uh, Dupex, Trenton, Taylor. Moline's Matthew Bailey was a receiver. Uh, my defense was Lena Winslow and Flex, Fulton's Keegan Van Campen. Sounds good. Cuff, what do you got for us? 
So for my quarterback, uh, Erie Prophetstown's Colby Franks. My running back is from Kiwani with Keontas Patterson. Wide receiver from Fulton, Jacob Jones. Moline is my defense. And my flex player is a running back from Sterling, Antonio Tablante. Perfect. Kyle? My QB was uh, Dupex Hunter Hoffman. My running back was Newman's Marcus Williams. My wide receiver is Rockridge's Nate Henry. My defense was Kiwani. My flex was Orangeville's Gunnar Lobdell. All right. And for me, my quarterback was Braden Dean from Rock Ridge. My running back was Mari Roby from Lena Winslow. My wide receiver, Jordan Johnson from Kiwani. My defense was Dupec, the Riverman. And my flex was Cormac Flynn. So there they are, all of our teams, all laid out. I'll just toss it out there. Who's got the best team? Who, who drafted best? Mitch, you took the early lead, I will say. Yeah, I, I like my team. Um, you know, it, again, with, with only four of us drafting and, and with such a plethora of talent to choose from, uh, I, I think all four of us have really good teams. Um, and when you look at uh, – and obviously we're doing this after the season, so we know how good years that they had. Uh, but, you know, my team specifically, yeah, I feel good about it. Uh, Tegan Davis can score both ways. Trenton Taylor was a dynamic running back that can, that can catch the ball in the backfield and, and pound it on the ground. Matthew Bailey, obviously, um, you know, a player of the year for many, for many different publications and for, the, for good reasons. Really good defense in Lena and then uh, Keegan Van Campen to, to, to really uh, take it over. So, yeah, I feel good about my team. But I don't know that one uh, – one team of ours surpasses another because uh, again, with such talent that we have that we cover uh, it's pretty easy to put together a pretty good squad. Well, that's not the hot take. That's not the trash talk I want to hear. So <laughs> well, well, then that's, that's my subtle way of saying my team's the best. That's, <laughs> there, <laughs> If you want to take, there you go. Uh, I, w- I will say in real life, I want to see Mari Roby and Cormac Flynn in the same backfield. I want to see them, you know, put one of them in that, you know, in that uh, slot position once in a while, put one of them in the backfield and just, and just go. That's, that's where my team, uh, not to mention, I, I got Jordan Johnson almost racked up a thousand yards receiving. So, you know. Well, I, I mean, I got Marcus Williams and Gunnar Lobdell. I mean, you can't get a much better backfield than that. Marcus Williams up the middle and Mark Gunnar Lobdell on the outside. You add in the playmaking of Nate Henry and the quarterback, of Hunter Hoffman that can stretch the field from anywhere. And I got that good Kiwani Boilermaker defense to help bring the offense back on the field as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about my team. I'm, I'm pretty I, I think Kyle controls the clock, you know, uh, my, <laughs> yeah. my, team might, my team might score pretty quickly, which is good while I have Lena's defense, but uh, I don't know that any, any opposing teams are going to get the ball much against Kyle's team. I never thought about the true one, two punch that you have with Marcus Williams and Lobdell being the real like thunder and lightning type of running back situation. That's, that's a great point. That's, that's solid. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, Henry and Hunter Hoffman at quarterback and receiver. I mean, I yeah. got it all. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you I, going? I, what do you think? Cuff? Well, I, I looking at my team. I've got a lot of guys that are fast. I mean, I think my team's going to play fast and they're, they're, they're shifty. You're not going to be able yeah. to catch them once they get in the open field. You know I mean? Colby Franks obviously was a guy that, if he got to the outside, you were never going to catch him. He had uh, 2,500 yards uh, this year. Um, Patterson, obviously a fast guy. Tablante was another guy. So I, I think my guys are, are pretty shifty, pretty fast once you get to the outside. I did some quick quick addition here of, of the numbers that we had. Um, 
my team totals out almost 6,000 total yards and 71 touchdowns, <laughs> which is pretty good when you throw in the Moline defense, who only yep. allowed just over nine a game. So if you don't score against me, I'm going to win. I was going to say the good thing for you, Cuff, is all those guys on offense need to do is score one touchdown, and they're going to win the yeah. game because you got yeah. Moline's defense. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Let's looking at now. We've discussed all the players that were taken. Let's talk about some guys. Obviously, inevitably, some of these guys that were left off the board. I mentioned, you know, I immediately after I took Jordan Johnson had some buyer's remorse that I should have paired him up with Will Bruno with his quarterback. You know, I would have loved to have Will Bruno on my team. Who are other players on this list? Let's talk about the players that didn't quite make our teams, but that really impressed you that you liked watching this year. Uh, the name that that stood out to me, um, and certainly if we had a tight end position, uh, the, the first one off the board would have been Ty Rios. Um, yes. You know, there, there's not a whole lot of standout tight ends that we that we talk about a whole lot, but uh, for for him, I'm sure he's playing at the next level um, because he he is such a big body guy and a hard matchup for a lot of defenses. So. Um, yeah, Rock, Rock Island's Kyrios is a guy that if if tight end was a position, he would have been the first one off. And even if he was a receiver or flex, he would have been worthy of a pick, no doubt. Uh, it's funny you you said about him playing at the next level. I just saw on Twitter he's committed to Indiana State. I think that All just right. happened. So yep. yeah, that I believe he'll be signing on Wednesday with Rock at Rock Island. Okay, okay, yeah. Yep. Cuff, who do you, who do you got? Who'd you see on the board there that maybe um, didn't quite make it? There, that's actually two of them for me. Uh, Silas Braun from Monmouth Roseville. Yeah, he will, he really can spin it when he when he drops back and throws it. He can spin it pretty good. Um, I only saw them play once this year, but he was pretty impressive. Can throw the throw a really nice deep ball, um, and obviously can use his legs to to get in the end zone as well. He had 13 touchdowns rushing. Uh, the other one was Ponder. Um, yes. I think he kind of got overlooked a little bit in the Big Six. I mean, yeah, I know he had 21 touchdowns. But everybody talked about Bailey and Riley Fuller about how good they were there and then the defense. But he kind of, in that game against Willowbrook, had to take over a little bit and find other guys to get things done because when mm -hmm. Bailey went down with that uh, collarbone injury, he had to find some other guys. Cranston Wall, um, their tight end, I can't think of his name. off the Lucas, I think, was his uh, first name. I can't think of his last name. But they, he, he's a guy, to me, a little bit awkward of a, of a delivery, but still can get it there. And, and a guy, I think that, again, like Mitch said, if we had more people picking, would have definitely come off the board. Yep, for sure. Kyle, who are some guys you saw? Well, I mean, one of the big ones I saw was Trent Hetland. I mean, you go back to that tight end position that Mitch was just talking about. He did a lot for Dupec's offense as well. Um, when they needed a big pass play to get a first down, it was usually a pass to Hetland that got him that. And, uh, Huge impact player, both sides of the ball, really, for the Rivermen. But, you know, he's just – he's hanging out there. Obviously, his stats weren't that big, only 580 yards and nine touchdowns. But in the NUIC, those are some big yards for a lot of offenses that like to run the ball a lot. And Dupec, even though they go spread, they definitely were more focused on running the ball this year, which has led to them having a lot more success as well. Yeah, a couple of guys that stood out to me. Um, Easton Schischler from A-Town had over 2,000 yards, 29 touchdowns, led them to the quarterfinals. Um, you know, a great performance by them this year as a team. And he was kind of that heartbeat. Um, you know, same way we saw Colby Franks. And we talked about a couple other guys the same way. When they needed to play, it was Schischler making plays 
for that A-Town team. I really liked watching him play and sticking in the same conference. Same thing with Aiden Parkins from United. I think maybe he got overlooked because he was injured in the middle of the season. But when they made their run at the end of the year to get into the playoffs and to be a playoff team for the first time in several years, Aiden Parkins was a big part of that. And reading comments from Coach Milroy out there at United, he was kind of that player that just had that it factor. You know, you don't know how to define it, but he's just the leader. He's the go-to guy. And so with him and Cormac Flynn, that's what made United go. Um, Bennett Searins from Princeton, you know, the weapon that um, was targeted a lot by Keegan Davis. He's a guy that stands out to me. Eli Reese from Rock Island, we didn't mention at quarterback. Another great weapon there. Um, and one other guy that Carter Ryan from Sterling, he had a brief, just a glimpse of what his total overall potential was. Went for 363 yards and four touchdowns in conference play, but was hurt to start the year and then got hurt at the end of the year. Man, I what I would give to see him play a full season this year. And I'm sure what, what he would have given to play yeah. a full season and for that Sterling team. We talked about Tablante having to step up. That was a big part of it was Ryan going down. He was he was a dynamic athlete for them when he was on the field. A lot of players for Sterling, you could say that. You wish that they you would have had a full year of healthy for them, and you would have seen if what they would have done and, and potentially could have, uh, you know, beaten out Moline for that WB6 title. But, you know, the, the football is the way that it is, and they had a tough year injury-wise. So, uh, yeah, but, yeah, he, when he was in, uh, and, and his and his brother, right? Both both the Ryan's um, yeah. for that yep. strong offense. Yeah, overall, um, you know, great season, great draft, guys. This was fun. Any uh, any final thoughts? Any uh... Cuff was talking about how many touchdowns his offense had. I just had to add mine up. I had <laughs> eighty-two touchdowns. Oh man, Ooh. eighty-two! I love it. We may have so. to crunch the numbers here and find out statistically. Who drafted? I didn't, have, I didn't have quite the seven thousand yards. I only had slightly over fifty-three hundred yards, but eighty-two touchdowns. I'll take that. So, so yeah. is there a way? And this would be extremely hard. And I know you're busy and you don't have time to do this, Greg. But I'm going to throw <laughs> this out there. Have us play. If you could go, just pick four weeks. The first four weeks or the middle four weeks. Pick four weeks and see what our players did. Oh my gosh! And then add them up against each other and see who would win. That, that sounds awesome. It would, I mean, it's going to be tough to do because I don't know if you can go back and find the uh, the box scores. That would be the tough part is finding the box scores. But that would that would be kind of cool. Yeah, it kind of seems like a Brian Stocking job. <laughs> you know what? I bet he has the box scores. He could, yeah, he could, right he, could, he wouldn't even have to look them up. He could just <laughs> tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I did just look mine up. I had 82 touchdowns, and that doesn't include if if Lena ever had any pick sixes or, or fumbles or any special teams touchdowns. But at least on offense, I had 82. Well, we know they definitely pick six against Aurora Christian in round one. 83. <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it going. Oh man. I don't have I don't have time or the math skills to do mine uh right now on the fly. But um, you know, I picked number one overall, so I'm sure I had the best team. We'll just leave it at that, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Cuff, for joining me. Thank you, Kyle, for being here. Mitch, as always, thank you for being here. This was a ton of fun. So this was our, our fantasy draft. Next week, Mitch, me and you have the tough task of then giving our giving our best of, you know, our yep. our players of the year, coaches of the year, team of the year, game of the year. So before I let Corey 
and Kyle go. I'll, lay, I'll each ask you guys a question. Who's our, who's our Heisman Trophy winner from this area, from our conferences? You got one guy, you got a name. Who's, wow. our, who's taking home the Heisman? And then me and Mitch will have to decide next week who we, who we give it to from the view from the West. Well, that pick's easy for me. You picked them at number one, Mari Roby. Yeah. You, you, know, you know what? I, I'm right there with Kyle on that one. Um, he seemed to do everything. I never saw him play, but like I said, everything about him that I heard, he was legit this year. And he was legit in the state championship game as well. Uh, he would have been my number one pick overall, too. So I would have to say it's Mari Roby. All right, there we go. Well, we will uh, we will decide. We'll have our definitive answer next week. Me and Mitch will go through all of it. But uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm right in that same frame of mind. I, I mean, obviously, he was my first pick in this draft, so um, I think I'm right there with you. But we'll decide definitely next week. But this has been our fantasy draft episode. Once again, Corey and Kyle, thank you so much for being here. This was great. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.